Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 18, chapter 210. In March that year, Antonio Parma had an apostema on his heart, which caused him great pain. The pain was more than he had ever suffered before and denied him any rest at all by day or night. The doctors were unable to see the apostema. When ulcers are obvious, they can easily be cured. But when they are concealed, no treatment can affect them. The condition worsened day by day, unknown to the doctors, and there was no suitable medicine to help. The patient was all but overcome by his suffering, and undoubtedly hastening to his death. As the illness worsened, and he came into extreme peril of his life, he was aided by some hairs of Blessed Philip for he had heard of his power to heal so many others. The disease, which had yielded to no previous treatment, began to pass off. He felt better, was able to sleep, and so was cured. However, before two days had passed, he felt another attack of the pain, which was most severe. This only lasted a quarter of an hour, until the apostema burst, though neither he nor the doctors were aware of it, and no medical treatment had been applied. As soon as that had happened, he became completely free from his disease. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are reading about miracles that occurred in the years following the burial of St. Philip. He died in 1595 on, Mar on May 26th, and miracles began even while his body was laid out, he was buried, and this book is written as a way of promoting, in the year 1600, the canonization of St. Philip. It's written by someone who knew St. Philip, and we're at the very end of the book, hearing about the things that happened after his burial. And Father Galonio, who was almost like a nurse, uh, is recounting these miraculous events. And Father Galonio is very interested in St. Philip's hair, not because uh, of any particular connection with St. Philip's hair. He wasn't his barber or anything like that. But Philip's hair kept being used by God for miracles. And St. Philip, in his own life, 
performed many miracles, but he always would say, I don't know anything about miracles. It's that pious woman over there who was praying. She's the one that caused the miracle. And St. Philip used to say, don't say what great things the saints do. Say rather what great things God does through his saints. So it would be wrong of us to attribute to the hairs of St. Philip some miraculous power in themselves. That would be superstition. We don't believe the hair as hair or even the hair of a saint by some property that it has can independently of the power of God do anything. But God's power flowed through his garment, the fringe of his garment. When our Lord was walking through the big crowd and that woman who had the flow of blood touched the fringe of his garment, power went out from him. Power flowed through his body, through his fat, the fabric of his clothes into that woman's body. Because of the incarnation, God can use material things as instruments, instrumental causes. And like a painter who paints with a paintbrush and his power, his creativity flows through him, through his hand, through the brush, onto the canvas. So God continues to work his powerful deeds through material instruments. And as we've said many times before with St. Philip's hair miracles, God is showing us that insignificant things like hair can do miracles, can do wonders, in order to teach us that no matter how insignificant our life seems, we too can be used by God for great good. Now, in a particular way, tonight's miracle is encouraging us to be very, very open with our spiritual doctors. Because what does it say? He says, if its ulcer is obvious, it can easily be cured. But when it's concealed, no treatment can affect them. In other words, if we have a spiritual ulcer, if we have something festering in our soul that we've done or we've begun to do, don't let it be concealed. St. Philip used to say, if you've done something bad, go manifest it to a spiritual person. If you're anxious, go manifest it to a friend, a spiritual person, especially a spiritual father. The only sins that can't be forgiven, they're mortal, are ones that we help hold back. The devil loves to make us keep things bottled up. He loves to make us hide things or be embarrassed or kind of sugarcoat them. And St. Philip would say, when you go to confession, put the devil to flight and start with the sin you're most ashamed of. Get it out there. Don't hide anything. The more open we are with our spiritual fathers who are doctors, that's what a priest is, a soul doctor. Someone who's been trained to help guide the soul to health, to happiness, to eternal life. And so we ask St. Philip tonight to give us courage. Pray for us, St. Philip. Help us to be completely free from our spiritual diseases. Let us not be discouraged if they don't 
get cured right away in one second. Sometimes it takes time, like we hear in tonight's miracle. Ulcers take time. Spiritual ulcers also take time. St. Philip remind us that saints are not made in four days. The great thing is to persevere. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.